0: I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast Psychologist.
1: And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast Psychologist.
0: And this is When
1: East Meets West. So
0: as we come out of a pandemic, certainly a lot of us are thinking about our health, whether we've put on the quarantine 15 or if we're just a little bit more anxious around our health and our mortality. Nikki, what do you know about some health anxiety?
1: Oh well, I've had it myself. I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll say I'm familiar with it personally, um, and you know, it's obviously it's it's a pretty common, um, you know, it's a pretty common concern, you know, uh, and and obviously during the pandemic, even those people that I think haven't tended to have health anxiety, obviously, you know, COVID has certainly, you know, understandably and appropriately activated that so yeah, you know yeah. as the pandemic wanes it is a it is a useful time i think for us to start talking about like how to navigate some of those you know scary thoughts that could show up about our health
0: well as we did in season one i mean everything is behaviorism and so i think that there's so many topics that we can cover and then but sometimes i still remain surprised for the topics that we have yet to cover and this was one of them
1: yeah well <laughs> yes i mean i think um you know it's just like we always say like humans are very complex so i just think there's just <laughs> so many things there's just so many things that we're we just experience. rushing to, i'm
0: just rushing to it
1: <laughs> you're like how are we going to cover all the things about being personal? i'm like we i don't know i don't i don't think we're going to get to them all but i think we can i think we can make a dent here i
0: felt that way during dissertation where i go to the library and i look around and see all these books <laughs> oh. and I'd be like there's no way i'm ever you could never read every book
1: uh no that's no you can no <laughs> Never, <laughs> never, never. But that was like um, a nice
0: thing to embrace during the practice of
1: writing a dissertation. Well, yes. And just like the practice of like, we can't, there's, there's, uh, it's impossible to know everything, which, which honestly I do think <laughs> is a helpful segue into talking How about <laughs> health anxiety because part of, part of it is we can't always have the answers that it's, yeah. it, it, of course, the other side of that is learning to tolerate uncertainty, which, you know, we have a whole episode on uncertainty, but, yeah. uh, comes up in everything.
0: Everything, everything. So, health anxiety is obsessive and irrational worry about having a serious medical condition. So that's like a basic way that we can think about it. Uh, it can uh, also be called uh, illness anxiety. It was formerly hypochondria, but uh, hy- hypochondriasis. But we'll get to that in a moment. Um, yes. I'm going to ask you to to break that down. But how often do you say you see this in in clinical practice?
1: You know, that's a good question. I think. Um... I mean, I see it with consistency. I would say yeah. it's not something that like, you know, I'm like, Oh, I haven't seen this in forever. You know, it definitely comes up because I would say even somebody that doesn't um, maybe reach a, a level, like a, a diagnostic level, right? right? Like,
0: well, it, hold on, break that down.
1: Yeah. So what I mean by that is someone that doesn't have meet a criteria for a diagnosis of yeah, illness, anxiety disorder, or we'll talk in a moment, there's a differential between um, OCD can also have this flavor. Um, right. There's a difference in how those present. Uh even if somebody doesn't have ocd or illness anxiety disorder it's just people worry about their health i mean it's just it's it's a natural normal thing and and, and we Well hold on in- i'm going to stop yeah. you there for a second. Yeah.
0: I'm going to challenge you. You always challenge yeah, me. I'm going to challenge please, you.
1: Challenge, because go you for it. Yeah. you
0: just use worry. Yes. And so what i'm going to say is we focus on or we mm. are like we we prioritize or we have a value of health. Mhm. But that's probably part of the differential is that when the worry comes in is when it might become a little bit more
1: diagnostic. I appreciate the challenge. <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> laugh at what I'm gonna say. Well, I was gonna say, so on a spectrum, so you're I agree, I think you're absolutely correct that when it becomes um there can also be obsessions, by the way. So those are uh, different, yeah, than worry, yeah. right? So yeah. uh, there could be intensive worry or obsessions where it starts to become diagnostic, however, you know, even even people that don't reach that level of like needing a diagnosis right it's yeah. not impacting their functioning everybody engages in worry behavior and yeah. when there's something like you're saying you know many if not most people probably you know value health and and we you know most humans I don't natural. like I that about- assumption well, I'm saying I like it's kind of like saying like man, let's be saying many people let's say yeah. many people value if not like if we were going to do a survey of like but, again just think from an evolutionary perspective like valuing health paying attention to one's health is a survival mechanism, right? right. To be aware of that. So, yes, 100 pe- 100% Well, people but survival
0: feel. would be different than health because I I guess what I'm thinking when I think of health yeah. I think of well-being. And I
1: Oh, okay. So maybe I, so, so I'm saying it, like, think about, I'm saying it as the most broad, like it encompasses everything. So it's both well- I Like, mean, what do you
0: think from, about? Like weight, heart rate? Like, what do you think about as you're thinking every, about health? Ev-
1: everything, everything related to uh, functioning, like uh, functioning well as in our bodies and our brains. So yeah. that can, that includes everything, right? So it's like, there's every little different nook and cranny of how you could uh, behaviorally act in alignment with that. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, if I, I'm sort of maybe- thinking about it from a, um, starting from like an evolutionary standpoint of like being a lot, like wanting to maintain being alive. Right. And, yes. and, you know, so is, is a, is a foundational function of, of most living beings, right. Or of all living beings, maybe, uh, dare I say, uh, so worry behavior when, and this is what's different about humans compared to other animals, right. Because we have language, we can, we get very, we can start to want to problem solve if something is wrong in our brains. Like if you feel something uncomfortable in your body, you know, we're like, Oh no, is this something wrong? Like that, that's not diagnostic. That's just like what human brains do. Right. So that's what I mean about like, I I, I would say in terms of who comes into my office with health anxiety, I, I, I I see a version of that, both just like diagnostic all the way down to just like most people have those types of thoughts at some point. Do you, I mean does that make sense when I say it,
0: that? No, one? it does. And and I I think we I think we're probably saying the same thing. Yeah. You know, and I just I just want to create space that like I don't know that everyone values health because also like sure. health health requires time and money. You know, so th- sure. there's a ton of literature around. Sure. You know, really higher socioeconomic static folk can really focus on health more more easily.
1: Well, and so now I'm going to challenge you. Right. So this is one thing this is. And this would, you know, uh, for those of you who haven't listened to our values episode, this would be a a helpful episode to listen to. So one thing, you know, we say in acceptance and commitment therapy, and this is true that, you know, if somebody, you know, everyone gets to choose their values. So if you don't value something, you know, you don't have to value it. You might not. You really might not value your health. However, oftentimes people misinterpret, um, because they're, they're not acting in alignment with something that it's not important to them. Right. So, you know, again, health is just about like, when I'm saying that it's just about being alive, right. About yeah. being, you know, so the term well, or wellness in this current era has a certain connotation to it. And I think that's what you're getting at Pete. It's yeah. like, yeah, people don't have access to like, all the things and all the well, healthy. Just even, food.
0: I was actually only thinking about like food deserts. Like I was really just thinking totally about, right. Like I was thinking totally. about access to healthy food, or even just the affordability of healthy food.
1: But that person might say, "But it is important to me to to yep. be alive, right? Well, to be alive, and so so yeah. that would be a value of health. And, and how could that person act in alignment with their value? given the limitations, right? Exactly,
0: right. And so I guess what we're trying to focus on is the health anxiety. So there, mm-hmm. there are people who worry excessively or obsess around. Yes. Uh, I want to give us one stat before we link in, and then I'm yeah. going to ask you maybe to break down some of these diagnoses. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But yeah. th- w- there, there, there was a, a study uh, from Rally Health that found, and this was, this is post-COVID, because I, I do mm. think that really post-COVID, there's going to be a, an emphasis on health hundred percent, so. Totally. Especially because-
1: How, could, how could there not be, right? Well, I was how could there not be, right?
0: <laughs> and what I'm thinking is, especially because we found that the virus didn't impact healthy people more than those that already had preexisting or were less healthy. Right. So I think that that's going to change people's brains to be like, well, if I'm less healthy, let me commit to that. Right. That's
1: a a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Right.
0: So right now, this study found that uh, 43 percent of the respondents had said that they were focusing more on their health Mm. um, following COVID.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, Yep. So it said and 49 percent said it made them more aware of their physical health and 44 percent reported that it had made them more aware of their mental health. So, you know, I think we're, our field in the mental health is starting to wait for this Mm -hmm. kind of transition back and to see what people think. So let's just break down some of these diagnoses that the DSM-5 has highlighted for uh, health anxiety.
1: Absolutely. So, um, okay. So, you know, Pete mentioned a few minutes ago that this term health anxiety, it was previously known as hypochondriasis. So, you know, kind of, you know, out in the world, people will say like, I mean, it's, you're a hypochondriac, hypochondriac, right. I was going to say, it's not like the most common word. I wouldn't say like every person is walking around like saying that, but, (laughs) but, but I I would say maybe some of our listeners have heard that term, like I'm a hypochondriac. Right. (laughs) And that's, and that's really what that refers to is like worrying about one's one's health. And it, it was a formal term, um, in the, in the DSM. Um, however, um, in the DSM five, which is the current version uh, that we use, it was changed to illness, anxiety disorder. Right. So, um, you know, illness, anxiety disorder is, uh, you know, it's, it's really focused on, um, you know, basically like when somebody is, you know, is worrying about their health. Um, and you know, what can get a little bit confusing is that sometimes, um, people kind of, uh, don't know the or people. I should say clinicians have d- difficulty yeah. distinguishing between illness anxiety disorder and OCD. Yes. Um. And and so we sort of like OCD,
0: you know, obsessive compulsive disorder. Th-
1: thank you, thank you. So you know, both of them focus on health. You know, and so sometimes you'll just like hear people talk about like I have health anxiety. Yeah. Um And then they're not really sure what what that means. Um. But basically, like the easiest way to distinguish is that those people that have illness, anxiety disorder, fear that they have a disease Mm -hmm. and that people with OCD um, that have like a focus on health concerns, fear that they're going to get a disease. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. So, you know, that might sound a little bit like splitting hairs to um, our non-clinician listeners, um, but that's really the biggest difference. So that's a huge
0: difference though.
1: Okay. So it does sound like a huge difference to you.
0: I mean, well, I'm a clinician. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you're like so, you're like that is a stark difference when i hear nikki describe it. Yeah.
0: well and and because i think some listeners are going to think about this of like because it's also it's not about death necessarily you know and that's because right. that would be a whole nother type of fear i do want to say that the icd does include hypochondriasis still so like we've talked a little bit about this that the dsm-5 we use here in the u.s only uh but the rest of the international classification system um the icd there's right. still is hypochondriasis and right so you so Go ahead and keep calling each other contracts if you want.
1: Right, 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 right. That's, yeah, wherever you are in the world, you yeah. know, it's going to depend on what you want to call it. People will know um, what that is. Yes. Well, so then, well, it's interesting that you're saying about death because I think yeah, it, it, I do, it is related to that though, because, yeah. you know, even that like the fear of having a disease versus getting one, it's like, well, you know, look, part of that can be the the fear of what would happen if you, and then obviously there's many different types of illness so that not all illnesses, uh, result in you know, result in death. So right. there can be the fear of like, um, having or getting a, an illness where you're going to be suffering in some way. It's like a fear of the suffering the though. Suffering. There is all, exactly. but there's also, but there, but you know, I would say the more common ones I hear is like a fear of like, for example, like getting or having cancer, of right. Course. Which is like, that's, that's, yeah, that's what I hear a lot. So it's like the, that type of, um, illness, obviously people fear death, you know? So
0: can I just, I want to, Yeah, please, I think yeah. what's important here also for listeners is that, I don't know, maybe there's not a human, I, no one has ever said like, I hope I get cancer.
1: Mm-hmm. So like
0: what I I'm, I'm imagining that a listener is thinking like, well, fear, well then I must have this. Cause I have, I don't want to get cancer. I don't want to get something that's there where, where it becomes clinical is when there's the obsessions or the worry, you know, so that they right.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, it was just, it's so funny what was going through my mind and this is another, we'll do a depression episode. It's like, when you said, I don't think anyone's ever thought, I hope I get cancer. Right. Unfortunately, there are people that think that sometimes, right? People yeah. that are struggling when they're really, you know, people that are very, suicide, yeah, experiencing right. you know, uh, suicidality. But, but
0: I'm saying like in a general population. Sure, sure, sure. Right. Like yes. if someone's healthy and stable, no one's like, I want to get sick. Cause, cause when I, right. when I heard you, what was coming to mind when you were describing the uh-huh. differential diagnosis was like, I have a really good, you know, colleague um, and, and, you know, she's open about her experiences with cancer. And so, you know, I think it's like, I respect them so much mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. them, I say now, because now her husband's going through it. And mm-hmm. so she's been through it three times. Now her husband's going through it. And yeah. so I, when I reflect on their experience, I'm just like, wow, what would I do?
1: Right. Like the selfish
0: me is like, how would I manage this? Right. Because you just don't know until you're there. Right. It's so again, yeah.
1: That's well, that's right. Well, I think what you're getting at, and this is where um when it starts to become like diagnostic or another way of saying it's like impacting someone's functioning is look, what what Pete's describing is anybody would, would have a, can have a worry, right? It's like how, what, what would happen? Or will I be okay? Or, you know, which is the brain's way of trying to problem solve something that's not solvable, which is the, which is uncertainty, which is the future. How would I tolerate this? Would I suffer? Like, what would the outcome be? And every human being engages in that behavior where it starts to impact one's functioning is when that worry behavior becomes, um, so, uh, like consistent that someone's anxiety is reaching levels where they're you know they're they're not functioning well or yeah. if it's OCD um, and we've talked a little bit about this before too they're having obsessions, which basically means, you have an intrusive thought that that thought alone reaches on a scale of like one to 10, your anxiety shoots to like a nine yeah. as soon as that comes in. So, you know, I'm guessing when you have that thought, Pete, your anxiety is probably not a nine. Like maybe that's an uncomfortable thought. Maybe exactly. it's like a three or something like that. And if you right. kept worrying, you'd get more anxious, right? Well, and that's but, where
0: the that's where the behavioral science comes in because it's yes. such a vicious cycle.
1: Yes. You know, uh-huh. and that's
0: why we have all this research with chronic illness where what you need to do is break the cycle because the more you think about and obsess around... Your your body. I guess that's also a differentiation of um, somatic symptom disorder mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. people psychosomatically and people I have found, I don't know if you've seen this, but clients or patients, they respond to that in such a defensive way. And so the way that I always explain that is somaticism doesn't mean it, it means it exists. It just means yes. that the origin of the epimediology of it is, is unsure.
1: Right. Is, right.
0: We're uncertain.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely.
0: You know, so people feel what they feel, but the, and the brain can create it. So like, if I, you know, and I ask, you know, I'll ask clients and, you know, maybe for listeners, like, just think about your foot for this moment. And if you think Mm -hmm. about a pain in your foot, you might be able to have just felt the pain in your foot. You know, you may have just felt something.
1: Well, and actually I think that's important to, I'm glad that you're bringing that up because I think that's also important to say when talking about you know, this umbrella term of health anxiety, either illness, anxiety disorder, or uh, OCD with a health focus, or, you know, just general worries is that, you know, we feel sensations in our bodies all the time, like odd sensations. Those can be caused by, you know, like, again, I don't know, like there's a weird itch on your body somewhere, your stomach's upset. It could also be any emotions we experience. Emotions also all have um, hardwired physiological sensations attached to them. So. We're 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 feeling sensation all the time, and then when we start to focus on them, right, and like overfocus, I should mm-hmm. say, right, overfocus, and then begin to try to problem solve them. What is that? What does that mean? Right. Am I sick? Do I have an illness? Am I going to get Am sick? I
0: die? Yeah.
1: Well, what's interesting is then anxiety starts to grow, and guess what? Shows up with anxiety more physical sensations, <laughs> right? This is actually how you know we we need to do an episode on on panic, actually. Yeah. That's actually how panic attacks happen. Um, right. you know, so, uh, the misinterpretation of bodily sensation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it, you know, <laughs> It's messy in there, you know, our brain,
0: our it's messy in there. It's it is messy. And before we end, I just wanted to bring in a little bit of the eastern tradition because yes. I don't know that you know w- you and I can get just so stuck in the behavioral science. And, <laughs> and, can. and I think I could do it quickly because you know most of our listeners are familiar with the eightfold path and the five precepts. So this idea of just no killing and um you know refraining from misuse of sexual misconduct, things like that overall, anything in the Eastern practice is really around, you know, full body health and cleansing. And so one Mm -hmm. thing I'll say is like, we don't want to distort your mindfulness. And so like any kind of substances, uh, you know, certainly like uh, alcohol or drugs uh, and certainly some foods that are, that can like distort your mindfulness and your clarity. Mm -hmm. That's, you want to refrain from that because the ultimate goal is just to create, you know, clearness. Also many cultures in the Eastern practice, you know, um, commit to like a healthy living. So there obviously there's meditation, right. uh, which has a, you know, direct impact on health. Uh, you know, there are certain cultures within, you know, China, for example, where they don't have some of the illnesses that we have, you know, mm-hmm. they don't even have a words for them. They don't have some of the cardiac issues we have mm-hmm. uh, because they're just, you know, committing to this meditation and then to the, you know, also healthy eating or even like a vegetable based diet that mm-hmm. can really help, you know, towards this health. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think, go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, can I, I think, that's really how I mean, obviously I'm always learning a lot from you about uh, this, especially with the Eightfold Path. I think that's all really important and interesting. And the thing that I was actually thinking a few minutes ago about like what I was wondering, like, huh, what, what's Pete going to say about this with regards to, to Buddhism is if we go back to this idea that health anxiety is about You know, often it's like a fear of having a disease or a fear of getting a disease, which I was saying is really about a fear of suffering some way or a fear of mortality. I think that's really interesting in terms of like what the Eastern practices would have to say. And I'm really curious what uh, your thoughts are there.
0: Well, it's mostly what I hear in that is the attachment to this life. And that's what we would want to try and diffuse from is like, you know, so, you know, you know, for me, it's like if I don't like flying or if if there's something that I'm afraid because it might lead to panic or discomfort, that's still attaching to my moment, like feeling in this life. Yes. And so part of the Eastern practice is that, you know, our our karma or our rebirth is what allows opportunities, you know, to kind of grow and to learn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, potentially we're learning from previous life. So it's about non-attachment. Mm -hmm. So what I'll I'll end with is just to think about and ask listeners just to think about, you know, what is it that you're committing to in terms of health, recognizing that having thoughts around fears of health is is normal as well, uh, but just recognizing to diffuse from any kind of obsession and worry and see, are you willing to embrace the discomfort that is living and suffering? This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Pete Economo.
1: And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. Be present, be brave.
0: This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. P. V. Conimo and Nikki Rubin.
1: Content is for informational and educational purposes only.